All right, you guys, welcome to For Argument's Sake with Keaton and Chase. I'm your host, Keaton. Uh, to give you some insight to who I am, I'm a family man. I love to lift. I love sports. And I'm the fitness team lead for Vasa here in Phoenix, Arizona, where I get to help educate trainers. And it's a huge passion of mine. And here's your co-host, Chase. Hey, guys, I'm basically a lifelong curious person. Um, I'm pretty much the most open book you can meet. And I just like popping some kickflips on skateboards, eating breakfast food with the homies, and hanging out with my hairless cats. There we go. Well, let's get into today's topic then. Go. All right, guys. What up? Um, I I I met. I don't know if you actually remember, Lacey. I met you when we did uh, the HKC. Was it the HKC? I, that's when I met you. I don't remember because there was fucking okay. three of us there. No. I actually met you there, and you were actually the person that taught me how to do a Turkish get up properly. Oh, did I? We were bonded from the start. <laughs> yes, yes. And now you make fun of me for my shitty alcohol and coffee taste, but that's fine. <laughs> I do. But, yeah, right. Your, ma- your manly ass fucking coffee taste because you drink coffee black and fucking deadlifts weight with Dan John. <laughs> the fucking way. <laughs> But um, all the funny shit aside, I actually think you're probably one of my favorite strength coaches that I've got to talk to. I don't think we've talked like a ton of shop, but like anytime I talk to you, I, it's usually because we're already so fed up with the same bullshit, like the, whatever fitness fans, so we just sit there and vent, just uh, the whole time. But as far as like, I feel like knowledge, like I actually think when I met you at the HKC, I was actually, you actually taught me a bunch of cues. That I'd never, I still use to this day. Like the, I don't know if you remember the Britney Spears slide. I think you called it something else down the leg. Do you uh, remember that? Yeah, I don't remember what I called it though. Yeah, I can't remember what you called it, but I've been using that. There is now probably thousands of people that now do a Britney Spears slide down their leg very sexually when they do a Turkish kid up. Oh, I, I don't think I called it that specifically. You didn't, you didn't I didn't call it that. I'm trying to think of what no. you called it. You called it something really funny. I don't remember but anyway so that cute like there's a bunch of stuff but like i think as far as like actual like legit strength coaches i know i think you're one of the most legit and i think that shows and like a lot of how you like carry yourself and obviously i think the people you hang out with are like the smartest in the industry as is and the most common sense which i think shows up in you a lot but um you know i really like you a lot besides the whole making fun of me drinking ams and uh what is it french vanilla coffee creamer yeah i just get past those two things We could be such good friends. <laughs> I don't ever make fun of you when I'm like in front of people you don't know, which is Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Thanks. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, all right. Well, um, like I said, I think you have a bunch of credentials and stuff, but like obviously you have like the master's degree, you taught the HKC, so you have to have RKC, and I'm sure you have yeah. like NASA and some other stuff, but um. I don't want to talk like your story about like get, how you got into strength training and kind of like lead, all that leading you up to like where you're at now, like education and your own stuff and everything in between. Okay. Um, so I actually, uh, I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach when I was in high school, but I didn't really know like what it was, mm-hmm. which is ironic because my strength and conditioning coach and my track coach in high school was Dan John. So at any point I could have gone and talked to him and been like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Um, but I didn't. And what, what we got for our senior gift, um, our senior year, obviously (laughs) for a track was a copy of never let go. Like one of the first copies. 
uh, by Dan. And he, I read that whole thing that summer. And actually, I'm the only person in my class who still has it, um, which is cool. But I read it that summer and I was like, I really want to get into personal training. But there were some, you know, there wasn't really a lot you could do outside of like an Eagle Gate class. And um, so I decided to like go into exercise science for a bit. Workload was a little too much. Um, but uh, eventually I did graduate. And three days after I graduated, I snapped my arm in half in a, a very embarrassing flag football accident. No way. Yeah, I had no idea. There, yeah, so I snapped my arm in half and um, it was a couple of days after surgery. My mom like had to bathe me, which is so embarrassing. Like you're 20, I was 24. I'm like, I'm an adult now, except for my mom has to shower me because oh, I, you know, so I'm like laying on my bed afterwards. I'm kind of looking up at my ceiling. I'm coming down from the drugs. And I was just like, I really hate my life right now. Like I'm really miserable. Um, I kind of want to try this thing that I've been thinking about. So uh, I emailed Dan and I was like, hey, I kind of want to get into this. And he's like, cool, show up at 9.30. Um, so I show up at 9.30 and it just kind of, snowballs from there. I got a ton of opportunities, including um, my master's, which was, I'm the first American to graduate from that school, from the University of Twickenham with my master's degree. And that is such a big achievement that you're going to try and walk over. I'm the first American to graduate with my master's from this school, but this isn't it. Like, how are you going to gloss over? That's dope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it really was just, uh, I have a problem where I say yes to every opportunity people give me. <laughs> and so, I um, like, if we ever want to get into the story of like the actual weekend where I had to show up for orientation, that was like insane in and of itself. But I like, it was probably the best three years of my life. Um, and being able to like go over to London and meet all of these different coaches from, you know, all around the world was just like, they're the coolest people. Oh, I, <laughs> I love cool. I had no idea. That's, in, that's incredible. Yeah. So um, I did that. And then um, I've interned at the University of Utah in their Olympic sports for two years. And then I've been working at Westminster as the assistant strength and conditioning coach since September. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't know. I didn't know you. I didn't know you actually went to London for three years. Well, so it was kind of like a hybrid program. Like I was here for mm -hmm. most of my studying, but for our testing and stuff, we would go over to London, like in the summer and winter time. Yeah. Damn. Cool. Sky miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So then Lacey, I have a question for you on what do you think of the current state of the fitness industry? Where um, is that? All that. I think it's kind of, it's a really exciting time, I think for women in particular, because we're starting to get more of those like professional positions and more leadership positions um, in strength, well, in fitness and in strength and conditioning, our voices are starting to be heard a little bit more. There's also a lot of things going on in the research realm as far as like athletes go and how differently we actually need to be approaching the female athlete. I think that's really exciting. Um, I mean, what I'd like to see is coaches actually being paid their worth. 
I think we're a little undervalued in, you know, the college realm, professional realm, or just in general. Like, there's a lot of credentials you need and a lot of things you need to get to a certain level. Mm -hmm. And then we're paid, you know, $30,000, but you have to work 60 hours a week and travel every other weekend. And that's just, it, it doesn't really match up for me. I think that's like the biggest thing is like, we need to start advocating for what we deserve as far as pay goes and benefits and our value within the college realm and other places like what we bring to the table is worthwhile and worth a livable wage yeah well and i i was gonna go straight finishing at one point i just remember researching pay was a big reason why i didn't yeah you see it's the top heavy amount of head strength finishing coaches make a lot of money and then it just it drops like crazy from there and it's just obviously it's based off the school's funding and that that plays a big role in that yeah and it's hard too when um your position's so vulnerable like at any point yeah. if a coach comes to the ad and is like i don't like this guy i want him off my team i want to find someone new then like you're gone you know yeah. so it's there's a lot of things that kind of play into it too yeah so when you say that it's been getting better for females in this fitness industry what are things like you've seen actually well, I mean, show like, that? some big ones are like Rachel Rachel Balkovic um being hired on you know first she was with Houston um as a pitch coach and then now she's with the Yankees and then uh, a couple of years ago with Kelsey Martinez being one of the first women to break it break into strength and conditioning with the Raiders for a little bit uh it's more I mean like I come from a really weird situation in the school I was at because the previous year all of our strength and conditioning coaches were female which is completely unheard of yeah um yeah and I mean it's a d2 school but I do it's nice to see like more women on just the coaching staff in general and having that representation we're seeing more women in um like conferences I've been exposed to a lot more women who have work in different sports, you know, and things like that. I think it's really exciting. Yeah. Wow. That's super fucking cool. And I think it, yeah. you definitely see a lot more of it. Um, Cause I always think there's like a strength and conditioning side and there's like a fitness industry side and they're super separate. And there's like a very direct line between both of them. And one of them wears gym shark and the other one barely wears like pajamas to work. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> So, like, I guess my next question for you would be, and this is kind of, like, what actually made me think about this is I think we had a conversation slightly about this, but it's, like, how is – because I feel like the actual fitness industry is, like, damn near, on some parts of it, softcore porn, like, some fitness videos. And so I feel like how has that, like, that part of the industry, like, affected you as a strength coach and, like, affected your career? Yeah, I think, like, the biggest thing that we have to recognize is, like, this is a new thing. Like, women have always been represented like that in the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, I started reading bodybuilding magazines when I was 15, and the pictures are the exact same what we see on Instagram um, and things like that. So it's not something that's new. I think we're just a little bit more aware of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with women in particular, moving from the – and this is something when I first got in, I thought I was supposed to do. Like, I was supposed to post pictures of my abs and my butt and all this stuff. And, you know, 
I kind of, there was a part of me that really didn't like that. That was what it was. I've even had male coaches tell me that it not coaches, but trainers tell me that if I really wanted to get big, all I had to do was, you know, pose a certain way and show this and show that. And like, um, so I think it's something that's kind of been, it's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. I think that it does make it a little harder for women, even, you know, in the general population have their voices heard because it's drowned out Mm -hmm. Uh, the biggest difference I see is you know how we dress when we go to conferences I was completely oblivious to it until I went to my first strength and conditioning conference and I'm in like these bright blue leggings and this cute shirt I look around and like all the women are wearing khakis (laughs) and polos I'm like oh well I missed the memo on this one (laughs) um so like, I think it's just a difference of when you walk up to a group, like how you want people to hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to be seen as a professional. So when yeah. I go to conferences, I'm wearing a polo. Um, but that's my own choice. And like, you can choose whatever you want to wear and do that. It's just, I think that we have to be a little bit more aware of it because it undermines my credibility a lot more if I'm sexualized or if I'm wearing certain things than it would if like, a guy were to do it you know yeah yeah, yeah. no big time and i feel like to, uh, the fitness industry obviously like uh there's some big names i feel like in the last five or six years that have gotten in finally called out for like the misogynistic shit that they've done yeah and, and it's obviously been like a mostly male and even if you think like mainstreamish, it's like a very like testosterone you know teen nation uh type attitude in it but I like I was talking to someone the other day and there they had a friend that went and got like a Brazilian butt lift and she was getting hit up for coaching yeah and I feel like to me like that's like the biggest disconnect is it's like people and like yes you're right like I feel like it's always been in the magazines and stuff like that but now I feel like because I feel like fitness is finally like mainstream yeah where the social media has done that but where like you see every single person put a bucked up supplement like code in their bio and everyone wants to be like a fitness influencer and everyone wants to like wear the new gym shark which is cool like that stuff can be fun and if that makes you like fitness like that's perfectly fine but i feel like i know like some really good like like you're one of them like women strength coaches that are like about their craft they know like all they know the ins and outs of all of it they put in time and then you have people that are literally just like getting surgery and then people are hitting them up for coaching and they're going to do it because it's easy money. Like, I feel like that's where like all the money for coaching goes. Like, how would you go about like even changing that idea? I mean, personally, I feel like I have a duty to the women I coach to represent, you know, something else and something different at the end of the day, you know, it comes to personal choice. And the fact of the matter is the people that I want to coach and the people who are going to be looking at me, Mm-hmm. probably don't have that stuff in their timeline anyway you know yeah. and I think that part of what we have to realize too is there's always this process so we all start out kind of with bodybuilding with those pictures you know thinking that's what we're supposed to do and like even some of my earliest influences in fitness were you know women and men who were in bodybuilding so it was but as you get deeper into it and as your knowledge base grows and things like that, you know, it changes. And as you mature, it changes. Um, I think right now it's, 
we just need to be patient, you know, is a big thing. And then staying consistent to who we are as trainers and what we want the next generation of coaches to look like or the next generation of athletes and what we want them to be talked about, how we want them to be talked about and things like that. Um, Cause eventually, you know, those people aren't, don't even stick around that long. You know, that's the biggest thing is those people are going to drop off. But in 10 years, I'm still going to be talking about strength and conditioning. I'm still going to be showing athletes what a female in this industry can look like. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So then next is our, for argument's sake segment. Okay. This is what come at me. the nitty gritty. <laughs> Finally, someone wants smoke. <laughs> I know. Hopefully you won't pull some of the other ones and just agree with everything we say. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Okay. So you're going to do it how it is affecting. We're going to do how it's not. So yeah. go ahead and just, we're going to try and play devil's advocate for it. So we'll ask you a question. We'll let you go on. And then we're just going to see if we can kind of pull apart your argument on that. So with that, the first one um, is going to be, how do you feel it has affected the fitness industry in the sense of as being a coach? As being because, a coach? As being a coach, because I've seen, and I'm sure it's chasing, we've even hit on it a little bit, is you who has your master's degrees and probably knows way more than majority of the trainers out there. How does it affect a client who is going to come up and just go want to choose that female who is over-sexualizing herself on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be, and they want her because of the way she looks. How does that affect? Like the fact that they're choosing that over my master's degree? or over your master's and your knowledge <laughs> and all that. Um, you know, I think it does come down eventually to, it. it's frustrating to be drowned out sometimes. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said earlier, like there is a patience to it. Eventually that person's probably going to get hurt. They're not going to have the same results or, you know, something's going to happen. That's going to make them question that person a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, maybe it takes them a little while to get to me and ask me the question, or maybe it's just, you know, through conversations but eventually, like, if people are serious about this, I think that they do, you know, they start to expand their knowledge anyway. You know, you start making these lifestyle changes, and then you start questioning things, or you read something else. Um, I, I don't know. Am I answering your question? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're doing yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's it can be really frustrating, and it can also be, I think that, you know, hopefully, even though some of us start that way, maybe that coach changes their mind and mm-hmm. starts, you know, showing a different side of themselves, starts educating themselves more. But, you know, you can also over-sexualize yourself and still be really knowledgeable just because yeah. you decide to show what, you know, off your body and off what you made. And that's your marketing tactic. I'm not one to sit there and hate on it. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not going to as long as you're not being an idiot and you're not hurting people. Yeah. Um, sometimes I do think it, like, like I said, it, for a woman, it does undermine my credibility mm-hmm. if I dress a certain way. Whereas like men can post shirtless pictures for days and no one questions whether or not they know their stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, and that shouldn't even be an issue. I should be able to dress and act however I want 
and still be recognized as you know professional um i i personally just feel like i have a duty to my athletes and to the young women who are eventually going to follow in my footsteps Mm -hmm. to show them that there is a different path where you don't feel like you have to do that yeah well and to play devil's advocate to you know if you were to dress certain ways so say you did take on that persona of the over sexualization um but say you mix in just educational stuff as well i feel that should boost enough credibility as well so maybe you can have both worlds in that yeah yeah i mean like in an ideal world the unfortunate thing is like most people just like well if we're looking at it's uh excuse me sorry um if we're looking at instagram specifically uh you know it's a platform made for people to look at pictures um so whether or not someone's going and like reading the information you post that mm-hmm. you know that's going to be a question and then depending on like what you're posting and how you're posting it i mean you might be in a completely different algorithm and the people following you might not be following you for fitness advice and that's just something you have to consider yeah yeah well, I think that brings up a big point to what clarify a couple of times, but like, there's a, to me, there's a very strict difference of being like body positive. Like you can dress however you want. No one's entitled to like, you know, like that whole movement of like, I don't know, like, I don't think there's any, no one can tell you how to dress, but I feel like in fitness in particular, there's like the idea of like, oh, I'm working out now. I have to want to show off more skin or, and I feel like that's why a lot of people might be uncomfortable coming to the gym. Yeah. But um, I think there is like that start middle line on that one in, in particular, where it's like, you can be, you can show off skin and not be being sexual, but I feel like fitness in its own self, like there's like fitness videos of like women doing it in like a thong bikini with yeah. like most arched back, like the Jen Selter type, like body posture. Yeah. I mean, but I like that's the difference that's just so deeply rooted in the fitness industry and a lot of how women have just been represented in general. Yeah. So like if we, and and a lot of it comes from the fact that women are still being seen as, you know, these, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. (laughs) Um, we're still being seen as objects to an extent. So it doesn't even matter if you're like showing, if you're an athlete who's about to perform, Mm -hmm. you know, there's still going to be someone in the crowd. These pages drive me absolutely crazy, but there's pages where like they show up and they just zoom in on a woman warming up. And like, because they take a certain angle or something, especially in track, like it is so irritating. It drives me absolutely crazy. But, like, we're still seen as objects. And so it doesn't even matter if we're trying to, like, show that we are still athletes. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if we're – it just happens to be what our uniform is. Mm -hmm. Those – we're going to be seen as sexual objects. Yeah. And that's just kind of with how today's set up. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like that definitely is true where, like, fitness is, like – probably where it's obviously where we all work and it might be like a spot where I feel like it highlighted a bit, but I feel like women are definitely over sexualized in general. Yeah. And I mean, you can see that in media anyways, where it's like in the, it's, it's what you've always heard like sex sales, like you see ads anywhere and it's like, that's what you're seeing. Yeah. Is that to promote whatever it is. But I feel like for me at the same time, it's like, 
it's a it's a bad it's like the devil's advocate haha there's the show name but um like because there's more people in fitness because of that so there's more people like opening the door like everyone said like you always like open it like like that part of fitness is the gateway drug to like actually doing it and not everyone makes it but i feel like because of the over sexualization of fitness more people are in it in general and i think that's better i would actually argue differently I would very much argue that um, one of the best things that CrossFit did for mm. the fitness industry was bring women into the picture without it being like, you have to be this type of, you know, really sexy, whatever, or you mm-hmm. have to be really thin and things. And it brought into, it started the conversation more around like muscular women still being beautiful mm-hmm. and still like being athletes and things like that. I think that one of the best things and one of the very few things CrossFit has contributed to um, the fitness industry is, um, you know, a community of women who were allowed to be strong and were allowed to, you know, be seen as muscular and not manly, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. And it also has helped with the education portion. Um, it's helped with nutrition. It's really changed a lot of how we're viewed. Mm-hmm. Like there still is that problem. Yeah, big time. Well, and I, think, I feel like CrossFit's a great example of that where it's like CrossFit did a lot of bad, but it got more people in the door in fitness. And I feel like that could be kind of the same, the same thing for like the Instagram culture where it's like, I think like if, if I see someone wearing Gymshark like, and I judge you, and it's not that Gymshark makes ugly clothes, but it's like the thing you see with it. But like, I feel like that Instagram culture is like, yes, there's been downsides. Like there's women that are being objectified and stuff like that. But as far as fitness goals, like I feel like it has gotten so many more people in the door to where once they're here long enough, they go, oh, this isn't it. They yeah. see CrossFit. And so for me, it's like, it's like, where do you, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's not the greatest thing, but I feel like there's a big upside to that, which is like more women in fitness, getting stronger um not worried about like making men feel like little boys because they have muscle or they can deadlift 400 pounds shout out steady cone yeah i i mean i think it's i think that definitely is one again like my biggest thing is i want to be a good example to my athletes Mm -hmm. and to other female coaches who i'm you know hopefully going to be able to guide along the way yeah so yeah, hit a pit stop for those uh, athletes for sure. Yeah. So you guys are going over, obviously, with CrossFit body positivity. You know, women can be strong, can look that way. It's not a big deal. Do you think it's had any downsides on the fitness industry to where pe- maybe people are focusing a little too much on the way they look in fitness? Here, so I think that the biggest problem with the body positive movement is the fact that we are fat phobic. And the fact that we aren't allowing these people to just like exist while they're on their fitness journey. Like I've never personally lost a hundred pounds, but I've had clients who have, and I've talked to them about like how they feel their body looks. And they're like, well, I still see that person. You know, I was a year ago when I weighed X amount and what the body positivity movement has actually given to people who are along this journey is a way to feel comfortable within their bodies and to accept what their body is doing. It takes a long time to lose weight. 
And so, and it's not, the body positivity, body positivity movement isn't inherently bad. Like if you go and you look, it's like Lizzo. Have you ever seen Lizzo perform? She's playing yeah. the flute on like the, one side of the down. stage, goes, does a dance, is still talk, like singing yeah. and is like running all over. She has mm-hmm. so much energy. And then, you know, she posts these pictures of these videos of her working out and it gives it like she's in better shape than I am. I can sometimes I'm barely able to get up the stairs. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like it, I just think that it's more we've as a you know collective have decided that it's bad because people feel comfortable being where they're at mm-hmm. and that's the problem but it's also highlighted a lot of problems that you know are within the medical field it's highlighted highlighted problems that we have seen within um just like fashion things like that like and i think it's been overall a good thing and the biggest problem is that we you know, we just have these problems with people who are fat, you know, and that's inherent in us. Yeah. Well, I think for, you know, strength and conditioning coaches, trainers, like we see, and it's, we're able to coach, you know, looks isn't everything. It's about, you know, perform, you know, having the strength to be able to perform the tasks you need to. But as a client side of things, does it almost give an excuse of I'm good the way I am. I don't need to do anything. Like, like, it's my okay. idea of health is going to be different than what my client's idea of health is. And their idea, just because it's different, doesn't make it bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and they should have their own idea of what healthy looks like. And it won't, it may not look the same as what I do. Another thing you also like have to recognize is that there are other things that are a little bit worse than them being bad. So like, if we're going to talk about the body positivity movement and problems within that, we also have to acknowledge the problems that like eating disorders and body dysmorphia within certain athletic groups. We have to acknowledge that within the bodybuilding community, within our own trainers, you know, like these issues aren't just because like, there's not a best movement and worst movement they all have their issues. Yeah. And you have to acknowledge those. So you can't say body positivity is bad because it's encouraging people to be fat. No, it's encouraging people to feel okay. Yeah. While they're losing weight or while they're trying to be healthy and finding their own, you know, health. But then you're going to turn around and tell me that a bodybuilder is okay while, you know, they're eating a thousand calories, working out three hours a day. And, you know, but they look healthy. Yeah. There's a disconnect there. It's so hard to try to disagree with you on this one. <laughs> it is. But, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was really well put. I think that was like, because I feel like you addressed a lot of big things there that I feel like a lot of people miss is like, I can't count how many times I've had clients switch for me from other trainers and they didn't even want to work out anymore because they came in to get strong and they're like, oh, well, we need to get you to lose weight. Yeah. And so I feel like, that happens a lot where people aren't actually listening. And it's like, there is actual uh, ethnicities and like races that are bigger and that's fine. And it's like, it's how you're built, like your genetics, like some people are just going to be, you know, genetically predisposed to being a bigger body, being wider, holding more weight. And that's perfectly fine. And like, but as long, like I said, like it's like the medical field exposing, that's actually a very valid point where I feel like a lot of 
the medical field's like, I think it was Dr. Oz. I fucking hate Dr. Oz. <laughs> I would fucking burn him like a witch at Salem. But um, like, I think he had people on once where they were like, how do you know you're healthy? And he's, she's like, why does it look like I'm unhealthy? Just cause I'm like fat. But like, you don't know what my health markers are. You don't know what my biomarkers are. So it's like, you're assuming. So I think those are some very like super value, valuable points. And I think coming off of that really awesome tangent is like, what role models should like, cause I, I think the eating disorders is something that drives me like crazy. Like too many kids that are even older than like around 18, but like, I know so many parents that are talking to their kids that are under 18, 16, 17 about, well, you need to lose 10 pounds. Like let's do keto. Let's do this. Yeah. And that's the start of like a really bad relationship with your body. Cause you're show, you're learning that it's not okay. So yeah. like what role models should like younger athletes and, you know, specifically I feel like women, like younger women, all of women like look to find in the fitness world. Um, I mean, it's hard to say like who should follow what, cause we're all in this for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing is to find someone that speaks to you and someone who looks like you. Representation is so important. Uh, I always joke that college athletics is like a rich white boy sport. Cause you pull up <laughs> any you know college strength team and it for the most part it's not very diverse mm-hmm. um you don't see a lot of people of color you don't see a lot of women you don't see a lot of women of color like sometimes it there's like one or two um you know and even you know the you need to find someone who has a similar background and things like that so that you can feel like you can be in that room you know and you feel confident that you be- belong there. I mean, one of the reasons it took me so long to get started was I didn't know that women could be strength and conditioning coaches. It only seemed men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And they're getting into the more professional field. Like there are a lot of women who have been around and have like really fought for their seat at the table. Yeah. Um, you know, Andrea Hootie is one of them. Like, she is such a badass. And then um, Corinna Corinless uh, Fingers, I think is how you say her first name. Um, you know, she is a black woman who specifically works with male athletics and mm. refuses to work with female athletics. And that is that's so cool. rare to find. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, no, I, that's like, I don't know, the representation thing's big because I feel like now we're finally uh, coming into. I don't know, like a first generation of coaches that are, I don't know, like there's a new, I feel like there's definitely a new standard of coaching happening. And I honestly hope in like the next 10 to 20 years that we see a higher entry into strength and conditioning and fitness in general, because then that's when your vulnerability for jobs kind of goes out of the way where it's like, you know, where schools aren't shopping for the cheapest person. They're, you know, they're looking for quality where it's not like, well, Hey, like this person has, you know, they say that they've coached other teams and they're going to, they'll take $10,000 less than you a year. Like, yeah. get. And yeah. I feel like that's because there's no, no one knows like, well, is NASM? Every, this is national in, in the name. So it must yeah. mean that it's like broadly acclaimed. So there's no like actual even playing field that way. So I definitely think that a lot of that's going to go a long ways. But with that, I guess what would be like three things that you would think to like find for people to look for in a person to like claim them as a role model. Let's put you on the spot. Like what are like three characteristics that you think are important? For me personally, one is 
to make sure that you're not following like a beach body coach or someone pushing an MLM because those aren't actual coaches. Those yeah. are people peddling a product. Yeah. Um, and so like, and there's no education required to be a beach body coach. Um, I think that, you know, making sure that you're being actually, you need a coach or someone who makes you feel heard. Um, that's the biggest thing is like, if you're watching this person or you're listening to them and it's just like, it doesn't matter what you're telling them, they're not listening, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's more like when you got to pick out a coach, but yeah. like, you need to make sure that they're listening to what you want and how you want to be perceived and things like that and what your goals are. Um, you know, I think having someone who isn't just focused on themselves, you know, and their own fitness stuff, mm-hmm. um, is important. And then just someone you can relate to is the biggest thing. Cause you're not going to listen to someone if you feel like they're just so far out of reach, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I really like those. I was, I was actually wasn't expecting that. I was like, it's going to be like integrity and this and this. I really, I really <laughs> like those a lot. I mean, like, I think it, my own personal, like, I think integrity is important, but you also have to realize like people are going to grow and yeah. you may start out as like one of these coaches and then, you know, be on the other side of it at the end of the day mm-hmm. or like towards the end of your career. And, you know, you need to have some type of growth and it takes a while to develop um, your own just philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just kind of tie what we just talked about back into the over-sexualization everything is when it comes to picking role models and you know chase said you have parents telling kids that they need to lose 10 pounds and with instagram all these things being so dominant and people being able to choose is do you feel like the fitness industry has caused more like self-image issues than it's solving because when people go to look for role models what's available are people who are really probably overusing the sexualization and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, generationally this, uh, the generation coming in is some of the hardest hit with mental health issues. They also are the most vocal about it, which is great because it's bringing to light a lot of things that we, you know, haven't seen. I think that body image issues aren't just for the fitness industry. It's all around us. Um, but it's changing, which is nice. Uh, like I was Aries doing a whole, they don't Photoshop their models anymore and their models look like normal people. And that was so uncommon like five years ago. And now it's like, so I think like if we're body image issues are probably always going to be there. And like when we talk about like parents telling their kids that they need to lose 10 pounds and things like that, that's a representation of how they were raised as well. Yeah. Um, as a coach, I'm supposed to provide a place where they feel comfortable and a place where, you know, they feel confident in who they are and who they're becoming as an athlete and things like that. And the biggest thing is when you're coaching and not to point those things out, you know, and when they talk to you about them, when your athletes come to you and talk to you about this stuff, you need to educate them and educate them in a way where they don't feel like you're, they're being belittled. Yeah. 
Like all that a fucking lot. That's good. <laughs> really, that's a good point. Um, I don't know. I feel like you made a lot of fucking really, really good points and good like arguments today. I feel like all around, like I really like. That's why I liked you and especially wanted you to talk to us about this because I feel like you have. First off, you're very well informed, and you're very like. I feel like you're very educated on all of the issues, and you know that's a whole its whole thing in itself. Like there's uh, representation issues, and obviously, like I feel like fitness is our bubble, but it's very large scale. But I know I feel like you bring up like a lot of arguments for things where it's like, yes, it's affecting me, but at the same time, there's all these other issues going on, and it's like I kind of choose how I want to be represented. Mm-hmm. And you're still kind of fighting somewhat for not necessarily you, but like I feel like women are still, you know, pushing their spot in fitness where they should be the whole time. Yeah. And getting women in the educational side of it. Yeah. So I, don't know, I feel like a lot of the arguments you brought up were so, so like valid the whole time. Um, I feel like a door the explorer thing. It's like, what's your favorite part of the adventure? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just think you hit some good points where overall sexualization and body image on it, it's just always going to be there and I think as coaches it's our job to help people and educate those who are battling those sort of things to help them get through it and help them get on track I think yeah. it's, it's always going to be there yeah exactly exactly we'll have to have a beer soon Lacey yes not a natural light though not a natural light. I had to try it. I had to try it. <laughs> you gotta try it. You gotta try a shitty beer once. It's all about I, expanding your horizons. I can't say much because I have what uh like the shittiest beer of all time in my freezer. Just just in case people want to come over. Is it <laughs> Big Thirty? Beer thirty? Oh, you guys are way too young for beer thirty. Beer thirty <laughs> How dare you? First off, I'm a very <laughs> I am a very mature twenty three year old. Yeah, beer 30 was like $10 at 7-Eleven <laughs> in college. And that was what you bought in between paychecks. Yeah, jeez. Oh, that sounds like a good beer, though. At least six in. Yeah. <laughs> that bottom shelf vodka. Um, <laughs> so do you have any, like, last points you want to make? Um, any, like, spots you want to point people to, like, follow you or anything like that? If you want to follow me, you can. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the spunkiest shit you did all day. All fucking day. Um, so my Instagram's at brunch and barbells. Well, brunch underscore in the letter underscore barbells. Um, that's where I like I post a lot of my lifting videos. I don't post a lot. I kind of hate posting on Instagram. Like I'm never gonna be an Instagram influencer because of that. I just like going and looking at Disney pictures. So. <laughs> you're a Disney um, adult for sure <laughs> I'm not that intense Megan's intense I'm not that intense. don't you mention her name here <laughs> but, um, yeah I, I guess that's it <laughs> oh, I'm, for sports start. I'm really getting bored <laughs> yeah NBA next week yeah have you guys watched any of the um, NBA games uh, just, huh? some hi- a few highlights of them yeah, yeah. No, I've been playing AJ Empires. Huh? I've been playing video games. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, plug for women in sports. Um, coach Hayden Hayden uh, actually got to coach a full game. Oh, awesome. What team is she on again? The Spurs. Yeah. That's what I thought. There's a couple of them. There was actually an NFL coach that came out, too. Yeah, on the 49ers. Wasn't she, like, an yeah, assistant? No, yeah, she's no, bad. She was an um, intern. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like so, helped with offense. Kelsey Martinez, the woman I mentioned earlier, was um, the first female strength and conditioning coach on the NFL level. That's so badass. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and they, they have a full program to like get more um, diversity in women within like these sports, which is great. Um, that I mean, we could go into hiring practices and talk about that. Like, it's just a matter of actually getting the job. And yeah, but that should be hard. Okay. Oh yeah. Thanks for hopping on with us, though. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. It was a lot of fun. Thank it you. was. I enjoyed Let's it. Have a beer soon. Fuck yes. Up. I'll bring you. Um, I don't know something sweet. <laughs> my fishy crackers. Oh. <laughs> Chase is exploding. <laughs> my fucking.